and welcome to another episode of From the Lower Level. I'm your host, Sorry, Moshi. Moshi. Yeah. I just, sorry, I need silence when I poot. <laughs> you know that about me, though. I do know that about you. Um, I was just going to say that I was sitting in, that sitting in a lake is not my thing and I don't fish, but you've completely ruined my intro. So we'll just, we'll just stick with yours. Rude. Uh, well, I'm Patrizio. <laughs> Who needs silence so that he can poot? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you've already ruined the intro, so just tell us what the freaking word on the street is there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, Moshi, um, we found out this week that the Beverly Hills reunion is going to be a four-part reunion. This is the second time in Real Housewives history this has ever happened. Um, it happened first on Atlanta. Um, apparently, Andy Cohen and Erica... Jane are just fighting with each other the entire time. Erica Jane on Twitter, why is it four parts? Because of me. But let's be real, it's because of slutty sudden. Thank you. Honestly, the way, I didn't know it was possible for Erica Jane to get more narcissistic, but the way her narcissism has evolved, I don't know how she can walk into her room with a head that big. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was so bad. <laughs> All right, what's next? Come on. Uh, I was also gonna say, I don't know if you saw, but also Dorit and Kyle are no longer following each other on the Instagram, and we all know that is good. And we're gonna talk about that friendship and those people later on today, but I am ready for that that group of women to internally combust. I want them to explode. I want them to hate each other. Not those people. Those people. Um, what else? Real Housewives of Orange County. Well, we're talking about the alumni here. Vicky Gumbelson and Steve, um, who was running for governor in California. I mean, there was drama this week when we found out that they had unfollowed each other on the Instagrams. Again, all this unfollowing. Wait till I unfollow you on Instagram. Then I'll know it's real. Um, but there, obviously the rumours began that they had broken up. Um, apparently somebody leaked that on the Ultimate Girls trip that was all that Vicky could talk about other than the fact that every other cast member is going to die because they got the vaccine. <laughs> but uh, Vicky has come out today and confirmed, like, it is over. Good. How he stayed with her for so long, I will never understand. But he also has numerous toxic traits. So, oh, well. See ya. Um, Cheshire, Moshi, can you believe that season 35 is just around the corner? <laughs> I really can. <laughs> um, we got a cast photo because um, I think they've, like, finished filming, like, recently yes. um, with uh, Seema's 50th birthday, which I feel like Seema has been turning 50 for, <laughs> like, 12 seasons of Cheshire. <laughs> it's actually so crazy. That, it's like, insane. <laughs> they literally pump out a season in, like, every three months. And, like... I think we have to always do this. Like, if you haven't watched Real Housewives of Cheshire, like, 
please get on it. It's iconic viewing. Um, so they've done the cast photo. It's an orange theme, which I yes. thought was stunning against that like green wall. Yes. Um, but there are nine housewives, no SD, which is outrageous. Does she pop up though? She wasn't meant to be in it last season and she popped up. Yeah, I think she's like a friend of at this point. Okay. Um, but we have a new housewife. Her name is Sheena Lynch. She is the wife of a rock star. Gotta love it. Um, I just want them to bring back Ampika. That's all I care about. Justice for Ampika. Because the thing is, well, this is the thing though, because they always have that one like party girl, right? So we have Ampika and then we had Esther D and then we got Lystra, right? <laughs> so can we have Ampika and Lystra together in the same Yes, room? I would love it. Well, I mean, this is like not on our list of the word on the street, but did you see that Ampika is getting married to this billionaire who's like 80 years old? Living her best life. And Pika knows what to do. I'm here for it. But the thing is that Esther was the one that, like, spoke to the media about it. And she said, well, she's not married for the money. And Pika, she'd only marry for the sex. (laughs) (laughs) These women are so insane. This is why I love Cheshire. I love these women. Like, literally bring back Pika Because you know what? Mm -hmm. Like, after watching... After watching, like, the seasons back, um, you know, and in this new lens of, like, BLM and, you know, being more aware about, like, all these issues, and Pika, I think, got a slightly racist edit. Slightly. She got the Dawn Ward racist edit. So did Migali. Justice for all the women of colour who have been on that show. Dawn was the worst to them. The worst. Well, that is why Dawn is gone. Bye, Dawn. Um, and in like the final word of the street here, um, we've kind of had a casting update on Real Housewives Atlanta. The long rumored departure of Cynthia actually got confirmed this week. She yeah. came out on the Instagrams and says she's leaving. Um, and I've also com- well, no one's confirmed this, but they're sort of like saying there's two new ladies. Um, that are joining the cast and that they're trying to get Marlo to record scenes with Nini. Yes, so Nini to do some friends of scenes. I guess I think post-Greg, there's a bit of justice for Nini happening, especially now that since Greg they all went to, they've all been hanging out and, you know, some perspectives have changed. Also, did you know that Kenya's doing Dancing with the Stars? In the US? She's not just doing Dancing with the Stars. She's, like, killing, killing it. It's very interesting. But I saw today that um, I think it was, like, TMZ that was reporting that, like, Bravo told her it's Real Housewives of Atlanta or Dancing with the Stars. I don't think that's true because Andy Cohen is literally cheering her on in his tweets. I know. But I guess that, like, Atlanta is due to start filming soon and perhaps that was the ultimatum, the reason why this ultimatum bullshit's come up. No, she'll find a way to do both. I'm pretty sure there's been other people who've done both. Uh, the list of, like, housewives that have done Dancing with the Stars is, like, very, very long. Mm. She'll be fine. Well, Moshi, let's get into the meat of this podcast, which is breaking down these episodes this week of Salt Lake City. 
Potomac, and Beverly Hills, but we're going to start out with Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. It's episode three of season two, Moshi. Uh-huh. <sighs> um, and look, Mary is just delivering. Honestly, it's the fact that we've probably already received 100, 150% more Mary in three episodes than we did in 10 episodes last year. And I think it's really always interesting to see Mary, you know, play opposite other cast members because that's when the goods really comes out. Well, it's not even just with other cast members. It's, like, with her own family. Like, we're getting a lot more, like, family time from Mary M. Cosby. Um, her poor son slash <laughs> cousin. No! Stop it! Stop! Don't say that. He's just her son, Robert Jr. Oh, my God. Patrizio. Um, so they go out for, like, cheese toasties. Or grilled cheese, as the other half of the world likes to refer to them. Um, wow. I mean, he does not want to be there, right? Well, I think it's not that he doesn't want to be there. I just think he's just, like, wanted to eat his grilled cheese and instead his mum is literally nitpicking every little thing that he does. And we love it. I mean, are you surprised that he wants to move out? Like, <laughs> if Mary M. Cosby was your mother. I think he would want to move out anyway, because I think like everybody does at that age. But I think the realization is that I suspect that he thinks he's going to be able to move out and Mary's going to pay for it. Oh, she's not paying for it. And she is not. She's sending him to the army. <laughs> well, it worked for Robert Sr. So it it's did. Gonna work for Robert Jr. What I just love is, like, I was not expecting that at all. And she's like, well, he's going to the army. I was just like, okay. I mean, she just, she's just not what we thought the first lady of the church was going to be, right? Yes. I do want to point out, um, I was, I don't normally speak about shows with other people, but I was speaking about Mary specifically with a friend of mine. And she, I, I, I'm going to give her this credit she very similar to yourself Patrizio you know she has not been watching Housewives for as long as us she started watching Housewives during lockdown and she's really perceptive Kathleen hello giving you another shout out um and she much like yourself was saying like uh, she's realized that a lot of the time these women come on these shows for you know we've spoken about the types of storylines that they could have there's the like I need to break free from my husband or like I'm divorced and I need to like launch a business. Like there's all these aspects and Mary is just not what we're used to coming on this show. Like we've never had a, 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 a proper first lady. I mean, Giselle was one, but we've never had a woman who is so embedded in the church coming on this show. Like she doesn't have a thing to spruik. Like what is her reason for being on the show? And it's kind of interesting that perhaps part of why she's on the show is um, she doesn't, she's not able to be at her church and do all those things right now. So is she maybe on the show because she's using it as a way to kind of preach her own way of living to us? Could that be it? Kath- Kathleen says it articulates it so much better than I do, but. I mean, if Mary was smart, the thing that she should be spruiking is her church. And, you know, I think it's been 
Um, Her church is controversial though, right? Well, I was about to say, I think the thing is that this season we know that there is drama between Whitney and Miriam Cosby because somebody starts to talk about how the fact that Mary's church is a cult. But at this point of the show that they're filming, we don't know all of that information yet and Mary is delivering. So what is Mary, like, we're just getting who she is, right? So, like, what do you think is her motivation? Because I was saying that she's also getting, like, that season two-itis. She came off season one and the reunion as, like, so iconic that, like, we've sort of fed into that narcissism. So that could have been part of the attraction as to why she came back. I think, yes, I think she didn't, she didn't understand how like much everyone would love her and perhaps there's a bit of like a Kathy Hilton thing in it like 100% I got nothing else really going on right now so I'm just gonna like lean in but having said that at the same time she also like first group event um of this season by going to like the fishing like she just like bails well I think it's not that she bails I think one of the things that I have to truly respect about Miriam Cosby is that she's not going to ride on the Jen on Jen Shah's coattails like she's determined to not I mean she inadvertently is getting a storyline out of Jen Shah by having like this kind of feud with her but she really isn't attending because she just doesn't want to be around Jen Jen Uh, makes her poot so you know why would she want to be around her I mean, let's talk about the pooting. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like you're saying Putin. Yes, let's talk about Putin. (laughs) Because Mary M. Cosby has done business with Putin. That's an Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Allegedly or not at all. Come on, don't even say that. We're about to get killed in our sleep right now. (laughs) Stop it. Um, No, the pooting, the farting. Thank you for alliterating that. I just don't understand. No, not that I don't understand. I do not believe that Meredith and Mary have any relationship. And on top of that, I do not believe that Mary has a friendship with Brooks. I agree. But I also wanted to say my enemy's enemy is my friend. Okay, I, I I agree, but it was just like, this is very unbelievable. Yeah, it's for television. Do you think that actually she needs silence to fart? Because I, you know what? I would want <laughs> noise to fart because you don't want people to hear it, right? This is the beauty of Mary. She is on television. She's in the middle of a conversation and she is telling somebody to shush mid conversation to tell them that she needs to fart as opposed to just farting and acting like nothing happened like she's she's a different kind of person than we've ever met before wow um I mean and I just want to talk about the fact that at this fashion event that she goes to Meredith is like spruiking the new line of stuff that she's bringing into the shop and like Miriam Cosby um, she would describe Meredith's taste as... Meredith's style as very Meredith. I I mean, the read, really. Well, it's just, it, it is just blazers. And that was also kind of brilliant. 
it's blazers and feathers. Like, that's her style, right? But I think overall Meredith is, like, quite stylish. I think. Oh, she's, she's very chic. Not yeah. compared compared to Mary, who is eclectic, okay? Right, which is it's just funny to, like, hear how oh. someone as eclectically dressed as Mary passing judgment. Thank you. And it, it was, it was, that that's possibly what made it the most funniest is just that of all, of all the people to pass judgment on someone's style, Mary. I guess like Mary's one of those people who equates fashion, much like Dorit sometimes, equates fashion with like, and equates style with brands and they're not the same thing. Mm. Um, Moshi, I just want to talk about something that you've you've discussed before on the podcast, oh. and it it is the character of Brooks, right? And you know, you have been very adamant on the fact that Brooks either needs to lean in and be a friend of, or like whatever it is in the cast, or like not be involved at all, right? And I think this was like another one of those scenes where it was like he is like on that like fence of like. Is he a friend of? Is he getting involved in the drama, or is like he not getting involved in the drama? And then like you can't complain when Jen is like calling you out on Twitter and all the rest of it, right? Well, he's he's engaging in furthering the storyline, so he is a character. He might not be a main character, but he's a character. And Moshi, for the first time ever, I have remembered an Instagram post that I saw this week. <laughs> And it was from Ono Bravo. Oh, brilliant, brilliant Instagram. They were discussing how the whole, like, Meredith Brooks thing is, like, if we want to compare it to a relationship, a parent-child relationship, Vicky and Brianna. Because Brianna, like, got involved. Oh, 100%. And her husband is still involved. I know we love to see it because we love the mess, but like we love the mess. <laughs> that is what Brooks needs to do. He needs to like, even he was on watch what happens live a couple of days ago when like Meredith was on and it was like, Meredith was answering the questions for him. And it's so like, you my are... question is, is Brooks getting a salary? Is Brooks on the payroll? I suspect he is. Even if he is not, he is getting the exposure for his brand yep which is worth more than the salary i'm sure that he would have been paid 100 percent. i don't know it's just like i'm a bit over the whole brooks thing to be quite honest i am too and there we said it um well let's like switch it up for a sec and let's just talk about the new Switch it up. We're going to talk about the new housewife, Jenny. Um, we got more involved in this, like, storyline about the children this week. And mm. the the fans were not impressed. Oh, her husband is about to be the villain of the season alongside Jen Shah. Because we found out this week that Jenny has had nine miscarriages, miscarriages. which is a lot of miscarriages. Just like one miscarriage is, you know, one pregnancy, like whatever stage it's at, is a lot of pressure and a lot on a person's body, like a person with a womb's body, you know. So to think that she has endured 
what is it, 9, 10, 11, 12 pregnancies, you know, because the miscarriage is a pregnancy as well. That's that's unbelievable. But he still wants children. Yeah, because he's quite selfish. I just want to call out one thing, and it is that a chiropractor is not a medically trained doctor. Yeah, she always says it, but I'm wondering if he does have a medical license and he chose to go into being a chiro. Like, I'm wondering if there's more to that. Because she Mm -hmm. keeps saying that he's a doctor with some authority, so I'm I'm one I mean I'm wondering if on some level he's like changed fields. I mean, no, I would probably say that chiropractors just want to project that they are more than what they are. And well, I to, think Well, I think to me he showed he showed his ass in this episode that he's like he doesn't care about her. Not at all. Even from a doctor. Like a doctor has said you should not be carrying any more children. But, I mean, I guess the other side of it is that there is more than one way to grow your family. But I don't think Jenny wants more kids full stop. Yeah, I agree. I think she's done with the children. Like, she has a lot. Yes, her daughter. Like, I mean, that is, she has the personality of five children. Icon in the making. Yes. It's a lot. We don't need any more. True. Do you think that they're going to get divorced? Oh, I mean, some something is going to happen with their marriage. So he's either going to look back on this season and, you know, see the error of his ways. Because at the same time, on some level, he knows he's been recorded. He must know that he's going to come off looking like an absolute prick. So I guess come reunion, it'll be interesting to see what he has to say. It'll be interesting to see if he shows up. I know we're talking about this three episodes in, but, it's clear to me, and I know we've seen glimpses of future episodes, but it's it seems clear to me that we're getting, like, there's trouble in their marriage, they're not on the same page, you know, she, she wants to break free, and that is one of the motivations that people go on this show. So because they either hope that it will help their marriage, a la Meredith and Seth, um, and in some instances you know nini greg there's been a few people where the show has helped their relationship um or it'll go the other way you know i mean shannon bedore is a great example of when it went the other way and she came out of it much happier lemons and all wow shannon bedore i think that is that her first shout out on this podcast no i've, I've definitely shouted out shannon bedore several times i like shannon bedore shannon, shannon storms, storms. The door. Oh, she just Sharon Sharon Storms now. Sharon Storms kind of sounds like a porn star. You you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, I, I could see I could see your brain ticking. It is Patty after dark. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, the main event in this episode is Jen's ice fishing adventure. I mean, were you concerned about how much personal detail this <laughs> woman needed from these other women? I was like, well, she was doing it to be shady. I think for me, when she said to Lisa, uh, when she made the joke about stealing her identity, I was like, <laughs> these editors, brilliant. 
making sure we catch all of this tea. I mean, I, the, the tea is that like, you don't need editors when Jen is just straight out saying it. Saying it. She's producing herself. I mean, here for it. Unbelievable. Um, obviously, Mary did not attend. And my theory is that she, like, I think, I think she encouraged Meredith to speak up to Jen. So that, that's I, something that I wanted to talk about, actually. Can Mary, we talk about that? <laughs> Mary encouraging Jen. Uh, Meredith. No, that, so, I mean, we talked about the Brooks of it all in that conversation and his, like, you know, alleged friendship with Mary. But in that moment, you know, like how I think I spoke about last week, where there are these two really specific sides to Mary. There's like the super kooky kind of just says all this weird sort of side stuff. But because she has that frankness about her, when she is like in a position to be the first lady, in a position to speak like some real truths, she says it with such conviction and she's, she's not afraid to say it no matter who you are, she doesn't back down. She looked Meredith straight in her eyes. And she basically said, as his mother, your obligation in defending him is to speak up for him, not let, her, not let it fester in the background. She said to Meredith, so are you going to call her and are you going to say to her, you cannot say this about my son? And, and Mary articulated all of it so well. And did you see that Meredith was like, well, you know, she just, she didn't even, it was a yes or no question and she couldn't even yes or no it because she is enjoying the, on some level, this kind of drama that she's producing. And she, she wants to also keep this like, and we know Jen's no saint, but she really is trying to create this big narrative that like Jen is totally to blame in all of this. And I just, when we saw that glimpse of Mary as well, I was just like, you can't get the quirky without this side. And I like that we get both sides of her. And I think, you know, as much as she gives her son, Robert Jr. shit, you know that as his mother, she would never let, she would never let anybody do anything to him. You know what I mean? Like she would punch a bitch. Uh, Mary, Mary has shanked some people in her life. Oh, hundred percent. After the, 100%. after the, the blunts, Oh my god, blunts doesn't mean that Patrizio stop speaking stereotypes of existence. No, but she's done some things. I'm oh, sure. Oh, hundred percent, she's done some things. But I just, she called Meredith out on her own bullshit, and Meredith couldn't even say anything to Mary. Like I think there's a lot of people who, like you were saying, that that friendship isn't genuine, and that's when I knew that it wasn't genuine. Like Meredith has only befriended Mary because. You know, she likes that Mary's quirky. Like there's perhaps somebody, she's, it, it's like trying to show a different side to herself, but she was not prepared for Mary getting serious with her. And it showed. But then Mary doesn't even, I feel like Mary talked Meredith into doing this like confrontation and then she doesn't even come to witness it. But she didn't talk Meredith into going and doing the confrontation there. She said to Meredith, you need to call her. She said to Meredith that Meredith should have handled this like ages ago, not just handling it on camera. Um, because that's think... what Meredith wants. I This is this other thing that, I mean, I'll talk to you about it when we talk about Beverly Hills. But obviously with this show, 
everything kind of has to happen on camera. But there are some things that like if they were really a problem for you, you would just handle them be like off camera and you would have handled them ages ago and they would have been nipped in the bud. I think the other part of the conversation though is that Mary is like, maybe this is Jen opening that door to have the conversation. Maybe, yeah. Which so, which is also what Lisa is trying to say. Yeah, right. And so that's why I'm like, I'm kind of like, I feel like Mary, you know, said all the things to Meredith was like, you should talk to her at this event because this is Jen showing that she's open to at least talking to you. And then Mary was like, by the way, I'm not going. Good luck with that. Nah. Mary 100% didn't go because she does not like fishing and she doesn't want to be outside. (laughs) (laughs) She has no reason to lie. Like, the way that she really also just doesn't like Jen Sharp. Like, she can hold her own. Mary just like the way that she holds a snowflake, but just like chooses not to attend events. She she knows what where she's needed and where she's not. I just I respect that. Yeah, but I think you've got to show up. Anyway, um this was fun, the ice fishing. I mean, Lisa Barlow doesn't even know anything about fish except for she loves the fish tacos at Del Taco. <laughs> Which is, I mean, I expected that from Lisa. I want to say like Lisa is also giving extra personality. Like I think we were all Whitney, like seeing Lisa, like give people hugs and like be playful. And like, we're seeing a different side of Lisa because I think she also saw that she came across as like a little bit too hard last season. And that's not who she is. Like she came across as like quite self-centered only into her businesses, not really caring about people. Like, and I think she's just realized that she needs to show people a softer side to her. Hence, you know, even just bringing Jenny on board, all of that sort of stuff. Um, so Meredith is a late arrival to the ice fishing. Of course, drama. Drama. I mean, the way that she has to walk, like, three miles <laughs> just to, like, <laughs> meet with them. What? How did you feel about this conversation that Meredith and Jen had? Because... I was, like, kind of taken aback by how zen Jen remained. Well, this is because we know that Jen, she says that she wants to apologise and that she wants to redeem herself, but she doesn't own anything. She, what was it that um, Meredith said? Hang on. I wrote this down. She projects, she deflects, and she lies. Like, her whole thing, when she was called out for saying these things, she was just like, I never said it. That was my assistant. And that is why she's able to stay zen, because she truly believes that she hasn't done anything. Wow. Because she's a psychopath. Well, I was about to say, she's a psychopath. Yeah. 100%. I mean, allegedly. Allegedly. 100%. I think everything we say is alleged in this podcast, to be quite honest. <laughs> just um, facts. <laughs> just facts. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, Meredith, 
the way that she just doesn't even live in Salt Lake City. I don't know. I'm just like not <laughs> sold by like anything that she is trying to sell me. Yeah, a lot of it just feels inauthentic. The whole thing, both of them. I mean, I think I don't agree with either one of them. I do think that um, Jen owes everyone an apology and needs to own up to her bullshit, but she constantly does deflect. She, she, she's like, it's like me calling you up and saying, Patricio, let's go out for lunch. I want to apologize to your face. And then we were sitting at lunch and you're waiting for this apology because I told you it was coming. And then I don't give an apology. And instead I tell you that though I behave the way I behave because of the way you made me feel like that's it's gaslighting. It's deflection. It's bullshit. It's avoidance. And this is, like, not what Jen was looking for. This is her redemption season, Moshi. Yeah, but you, when when you don't she, – she because what she did is so horrible, like, if this whole thing, if you have an assistant who is liking things on Twitter or whatever, you create the they're, – they're your persona. So they, it is you still liking things. So you need to own up that that is not what you do. You can't just say it's not me. It is you. You are the business. You are the brand. So I'm I'm with Meredith on that, but I am not with Meredith in that. I just don't think, ugh, I just think all of this could be sorted out and that she's dragging it out for longer than it needs to be dragged out. Because she's got no storyline. There's nothing else, 100%. She, well, let's put her in Real Housewives of New York. <laughs> let's put her where she actually lives. That might be interesting. When are we going to get that? When are we going to get the, the the transfer? I don't think that's going to... I don't think... Has that ever happened? No, it hasn't. But I feel like there have been so many women where it could happen. Like, it's got to happen at some point. I just feel in, like, my bones it needs to happen. Oh, I'm going to watch and learn. I'm going to watch and wait for it to happen. Um, Mosh, is there anything else that you want to discuss on this episode of Salt Lake City? Well, I had a question. Is Carrie, who was the friend of at the Snowgo bike event when the girls went on the Snowgo bikes, did we meet her at Jen's party in like episode one of the first season last year? Was she the one sitting next to Jen when they were asking Mary about the hospital smell? Um, I'm going to have to like roll the tapes back. Roll the tapes back. Either way, she could not wait to get out of there when the tea was being spilled. So that was fun. I thought that she was just like another skier. I didn't actually realize <laughs> that she was like with a these friend women. of classic. Um, but there is a friend of coming. I didn't realize this. There's this. I think her name's Angie. She's gonna be getting like introduced next week she's even got like confessionals filmed oh um it was apparently it was between her and jenny and jenny got the full-time role okay interesting so um that's to be seen because i guess we haven't really had it like a friend of on salt lake city no they to be honest they, they're all friends of and so <laughs> i want to say that it was really cool that i did like about jenny was that jenny knew all the women Mm-hmm. that was really nice because I like it was good to know that she's not just because I think like the way Lisa has projected that her and Heather have absolutely nothing to do with each other and the truth is like Salt Lake City is so small that if you're of a social a, a certain social standing or you have 
you're in the community in a certain way, everyone's going to know you. So it was really interesting that Jenny was like, oh, I'm always at like Beauty Lab. Like if you're at Beauty Lab, of course you know Heather. And she knew Meredith. And she she's the one who also spoke a little bit about what Meredith is like um, in terms of when Meredith gets frustrated with people. So I think Jenny has some other interesting relationships already with the women. So I think the only one that she didn't know was Jen Shah, which I think is also telling about who these women were prior to this show. Well, I think Jenny had to clarify, though, that she doesn't actually, she doesn't know Meredith. She Well, she didn't know Meredith before the show. I think she had heard a lot about Meredith through Lisa. Through Lisa, do you but think? But I okay. don't think she actually, like, had Well, that makes sense a because relationship. Meredith does live in New York, so that makes sense. <laughs> Meredith lives anywhere except for Salt Lake City. <laughs> All right. Well, should we take a little break and then come back and talk Potomac and Beverly Hills? Let's do that. All right. See you soon. And we're back. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I had to do it to you again. Go on. Bring us in. <laughs> well, we're talking Real Housewives of Potomac, episode 12, season 6. Thanks for bringing us back in from the break. Um, was that reasonable or shady? Definitely shady. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I mean, look, reasonably shady event is, like, the key key moment in this whole episode. Um, this was a good episode. Yes. I was thinking back to last week when I said, oh, have we, are we had a lull? There's no drama. This Everything seems to have, like, simmered down. And it was like, as soon as they heard that, they were like, oh, this bitch wants crazy? We will give her crazy. It was fun. It was flirty. It was shady. Um, I, Portia tweeted about it this week, and she was like, it reminded her of, like, earlier seasons of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Atlanta. Yes, it really did. Um, I think... Um, Mia, Mia, and um, Candace's like Twitter feud at the moment is very like Kenya versus Portia. Yes, it hasn't gotten like I think. I think the difference is like when can when Portia and Kenya first started, Portia wasn't fully equipped to handle her, so she re- retorted to violence. Whereas Mia, Mia can handle her own. Yeah, but as we saw in the preview for next week, it's going to end in violence. No, Mia's been to therapy. So I think what I'm waiting for is for Candace to lash out and hit someone so that then we can start hating on her the way she made everybody hate on me. Oh, um, well, Moshi, this event was just like it, uh, just the way it was all <laughs> set up. Like it is at Giselle's house, which is like it's under- not at her house, it's Rock- in her driveway. <laughs> And there it is. Was that reasonable or was that shady? It was shady. That was reasonable. Where is the lie? It was literally in her driveway. Um, <laughs> I mean, Karen showed up and was like asking whether it was like COVID testing. She's like, there's a temp there. Are we doing COVID testing? I was like, boom. There it is. I mean, so... I just 
you know, you are our resident interior design specialist. Oh, I mean, it was a, a level up on Giselle's house, but <laughs> it suited the driveway. What do you think she's, what did you think of the, the ex- extension addition? I don't know, at her front oh, door. Oh, the front entrance. Do you know what I really thought, Patrizia, is I was like, I missed the bricks that she had before. That was like kind of modern. I would have done like the whole, you know, because she had that deep red brick and then I would have done like the black box, which is like a, a chic sort of thing that's happening at the moment, which is like this modern industrial kind of, I mean, that's architecture sort of thing. I kind of understand what Giselle is going for. I think she's trying to build modern farmhouse. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm. That's what I'm seeing, but I believe the bones of that home before were that it was like quite historical and it had like its own character. And the problem with like slapping something over it and just adding things that are not that there's no continuity, you end up looking like it, it looks like an extension, and that's not what you want. You want it to be kind of seamless. And that's not what's happened. So, I mean, you know what? Good for her. It's She can build whatever she wants. And I'm happy for her that she's in a position to do that. Well, Moshi, I have some questions for you about this event. And, the, I mean, there's one question. It, was it reasonable or was it shady? I'm just going to give you some scenarios of things that we saw. And I just want your input. Okay. So, was it reasonable or was it shady for Giselle to deny the toilet to certain women at the event? Reasonable. And, you know, I don't normally agree with Giselle, but I was like, I would do that. But you can't deny people the toilet. You can't She's not have... denying people the toilet. As Ashley pointed out to Karen, pop a squat. You can pop the squat. There is enough. There is just give them some toilet paper. She did not want people in her house. And I'm like, okay. I mean, she could have just saged the house afterwards. Like let's You could have it. organized a portaloo. There were tradies there, so that would have been appropriate. So um, was it reasonable or was it shady for Karen to think that it was a COVID testing tent? From a distance, maybe with <laughs> like she has minor cataracts or something, like she might have thought that was a COVID drive through tent. I agree. So that was reasonable. Um, was it reasonable or was it shady for Giselle and Karen to be really enjoying the fact that like Karen was like not at this event? Like, oh, she was like, vaccinated. <laughs> she she was vaccinated, right? She was vaccinated. Get vaccinated. it? Say it, say it pr- properly, please. She was vaccinated. <laughs> it was just. It was a lot. I mean, the editing. Can we talk about the editing? Yes. Well, I on that just because we just spoke about the the fact that like the drama wasn't between Giselle and Karen in this episode. Karen was obviously drunk from her Pfizer vaccine or her Moderna vaccine. Either or, the mRNA vaccine we know makes Karen drunk and hallucinate. And it was brilliant. I mean, I think we've all had or heard of people experiencing moments after vaccination. Not those sorts of moments. That was brilliant. Oh my god. It was just 
it was fabulous like the editing the like the way that it went all psychedelic when like, yes um... that was so good but i particularly loved the way they edited candace's late arrival like <laughs> they sort of slowed her down and they changed the lens color and the way she was like flicking all the gnats and the flies and all that sort of stuff between that and like karen hallucinating and like when they came back from like that cut shot where there'd normally be a break and like they, they made it basically look like Giselle's house was like a house of horrors. In, and it wasn't even her house, it was her driveway. And it was all just fucking fantastic. All of the shade. The editors are shady. Oh, completely. Uh, you wanted to learn more about Karen's drunk dials. That was hilarious to me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I feel like the, the only thing like, like I was thinking about was does, was it Giselle that kind of suggested that Karen may have a drinking problem? Yes. <laughs> and then when I heard that Karen does a mid-afternoon drunk tile, I was like, maybe Giselle is not far from being on the money. Okay, so I don't think that Karen has a drinking problem. I just think that Karen is bored. Like, she doesn't, like, she has a business now, which is great. But for the most part, she's, you know, a traditional housewife and her kids are all grown. They've all left the nest. I don't know about you, but if I was a lady of leisure with not much to do, my margaritas are probably starting at 11 a.m. <laughs> do I have a problem? Some would say yes. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not driving. I've got nowhere to be. But I just love the idea that she just calls them and starts telling them how much she hates them. <laughs> <laughs> and that this has been going on for ages. And this is the first time we're hearing about it. And that they all let it slide because they just love them so much. I want to be that old. Like, that's the age I want to get to. Where I can get drunk at 2pm and just, like, on a Tuesday and, like, drunk dial you and, like, say horrible things to you, but I do love you. And then you just, like, laugh it off. Like, and vice versa. Well, I mean, how has it not been that there's been, like, a scene being filmed in the mid-afternoon between one of the other women and they get the call from Karen mid-scene? Where is that? I, I suspect, like, uh, that's part of it as well, is when Karen's not being filmed, she's drinking. I mean, it's brilliant. <laughs> it was just wild. It was wild. It was brilliant. Um, <gasps> is it reasonable or is it shady for me to say that I kind of didn't notice Candace wasn't there for the first half of the event? Reasonable. But she made her presence known 100%, when she arrived. She made her presence known. She was looking good. Her weave was laid. I I loved her little top. The top was great. Um, this episode to me and this event, it's really solidified the the factions for me. Like, and it's kind of weird because I'm like, I feel like Mia is a bit of like a no, sorry, Candace is a bit of like a a flip-flop, kind of like mm-hmm. everyone's side, but it's definitely very like, much like Giselle, Robin, Mia. Mm-hmm. And then like Karen and uh, Wendy. 
But then Candace is kind of like between the two because she's like anti Mia. Like she's not, but she's like kind of pro Robin and Giselle. So I was thinking that they, that kind of the opposite. I was thinking that there is, there aren't clear factions. There's just interesting loyalties, right? So for me, it's like Robin and Giselle have loyalty to nobody but each other. They will drop anybody before they drop each other. And I believe that like Candace and Wendy, they they're they're not like best friends, but they have been friends the longest and they have an understanding and they have a loyalty. Because I don't think Wendy would have told if if what had happened between Mia and anybody else's mum, I don't think Wendy would have told them. I think Wendy specifically told Candace because she has a loyalty to Candace that she's going to see through to the end. I actually think like Ashley, Karen and Mia, they're the ones that are just like out on their own. Like people would drop them in a heartbeat. But the difference is Wendy is mature enough that she will not say to Candace, you've got to choose me or them. Whereas Giselle and Giselle 100% would be like, you've got to choose if you're my friend or their friend, right? Like it's, it's, it's a weird kind of lots of like little triangular things, but the only clear factions is Robin and Giselle. Everybody else can just, you know, kick rocks. Well, to one of your earlier points, like your enemy's enemy is your friend. True. And I feel like that's also very much like Wendy and Candace and Mia. Like Candace and Wendy to me, I don't like, I don't really see a friendship there. I don't know. Maybe I'm like talking out of my ass here, but like, I just feel like they both hate Mia and that's why. Um, so Candace is the one who brought Wendy on the show and they've been friends for ages. Like they were friends off this show for a while. Um, Whereas Karen is the one who brought Mia off the show. And I think what Mia has shown us is no loyalty. Mia just speaks her truth, which often makes the most sense. And the thing that I thought was really interesting is that, yes, Mia did say all of those things to Miss Dorothy, but they all said things except Karen didn't. Ashley obviously wasn't there. But the green-eyed bandits, they were just as nosy. They were like, so what did she say? Like, they're quite happy for other people to do their dirty work. Oh, totally. I really enjoyed Mia at this beginning, but I just don't know how I'm feeling about her anymore. Why? I'm enjoying Mia. I like, Mia is like, I mean, not the same as, but much like Mary, she she's so... So here's the other thing I think you say about Mary when we were discussing it before. I think when you're somebody who's used to not having a lot of like maybe a lot of women friends or you're used to being out on your own and you're used to people be, like treating you a certain way, you build up your own sort of resilience. And she, Mia is so self-assured about herself that she doesn't need to the other women to feel validated, right? So because she feels that way, she just says what she's thinking and what she's calling out. And I think, like, a lot of the other women, I think, like, the way, like, we're talking about the way Candace came in. Like, Candace wanted to have beef with her. Candace wanted to start drama with her. 
at any time, I think like I think that Mia is so reasonable. I think Candace could have said, "Hey, Mia, I heard that you spoke to my mother. That you asked her these things. I think that's really inappropriate because you and I aren't friends that way. You've not met my mother before, and I just didn't appreciate you doing that. And I think if she, I mean, nobody will ever come to anybody like that on these shows. But if Candace had come to Mia like that, Mia would have apologized. The thing is. Candace came to Mia on 100 and we've all seen what happens when you come to Mia on 100. She, she raises the stakes. She meets you at hundred and then adds some, but the problem with someone like Candace is she just hits <sighs> below the belt in a way that is not nice. Like when she said that stuff about Mia's mom, obviously I don't think she understands about Mia's mom, but she just continuously says things that are just so appalling. I think my only thing with Mia is that, like, obviously she is a smart woman and it's just sort of, like, I think she was egging Candace on a little bit as well. I think I just, like, I just, I feel like... I agree with you. Yeah, Mia could have stopped because Candace, that, the other thing was, like, in this episode, I was kind of like, okay, Candace, I actually agree with a lot of what you're saying, but then she does take it to the too far and then it's like okay and now I cannot support you anymore correct but it's it's that thing of you're right you don't know Mia she's expecting Mia to humble herself to her and we have learnt time and time like we've seen Mia Mia is willing to go there with you because Mia has always had to fight for herself so she is a fighter and she she can back herself up like she doesn't give a shit um I guess my final... I was going to say, well, we have the the new feud, right? So the second half of the season drama, we know it's going to be Candace and Mia. So I'm interested to see how it, how it evolves. Well, my final question on this event is, like, reasonable or shady for the great the Grand Dame to bring the La Dame <laughs> fragrance, candle, launch goodies to this event as gifts? reasonable i i think it's reasonable too i think you know what i um there's been a lot of discussion around the fact that like this candle seems to have come out of nowhere but when when la dame was launched she launched it as the full homeware brand yeah. it just started off with only the perfume i think it has come out of nowhere because we know karen does focus groups she showed us her publicist like Karen has been working on these things for ages. I think when she, when the, I mean, we saw it only in the confessional. I, I think Karen would have always done the candle and it makes perfect sense as part of her Le Dame fragrance. And I'm, I can't wait to buy it. Yes. The, what was it? Bohemian, Bohemian Fire. Fire. That's wild. It sounds delicious. <laughs> but the candle market is a huge market much like fragrances those things they have like such low overheads that everybody makes candles like everyone we could make a candle maybe we should oh my god we have been looking to monetize the pod you've been looking to monetize (laughs) anyway um i just want to say this was definitely the grand dames episode because Amongst her vaccinated, like, <laughs> delusions, um, obviously, um, 
uh, Ray gets like a scam <laughs> call on his phone. I mean, that's what we're going to say it was. Who knows who the woman was that was calling him. But Karen insisting on like calling the number back and like leaving the voicemail <laughs> where she has to like say who she is and how happily married they are. I mean, look, like the way this woman will like try anything to assure us of their relationship. <laughs> it was great. It was great. 100%. Uh, Moshi, is there anything else you want to hit for Potomac? I just want to say, in terms of Mia, what I appreciate about her is, I said it again, and I'm waiting for her to tell us, I'm definitely sure she's had a lot of therapy, is currently in therapy, but we learned a little bit more about her mother this week. So she hadn't shared yet that her mother had been in prison and that her mother, like I said, she's only been out of jail for six years, right? So it's, that kind of adds to, why their relationship is so strained and why it's taken so long because for the whole time that you know Mia has like I said she'll be married to G and started her family and all those sorts of things her mum would have spent a a, the start of that in jail or you know would have gotten out just as that was happening so you know I think it's really interesting to learn all these things about Mia and that she's willing to be so open and to share and I think the other thing that I really enjoyed is, like, I enjoy Escala. Escala is, like, a true friend of. We're getting just enough bits of information about her family. But I kind of also understand why I don't think she'd make a good housewife because, no offence, Escala, but you're just too nice and your family life seems too beautiful that we just don't want to fuck it up. Yeah, like, don't don't mess with a good thing. Don't though. mess with a good thing. That's exactly what I see from Escala. I'm like... You've got to, yours is a good thing. Don't fuck it up. You don't need to be on the show. So I did enjoy her, Wendy, and Karen uh, doing the book bags for the educators. I will say that's something that I've noticed a little bit on Instagram. There's a few influencers as well who are often helping out teachers across America and educators across America with like these Amazon wish lists. So helping them fulfill their Amazon wish lists because they have to pay often for their own like books and things like that in class. And I don't know about you, Pritira, I had a, a public school education and in Australia and I was like, I had too many books. So it's it's so upsetting when I see that there are schools that are, are not just even basically funded. Um, so, you know, if you're an educator listening to us, we salute you and please let us know if there's anything we can do to, to help you. I love that Moshi. But you know what I have to ask? Candice is such good friends with Wendy. Why wasn't she there packing the book bags? Because she is not, she doesn't do things for charity. Come on. Ooh. (laughs) Allegedly. She invited Ascala because Ascala is a former educator and she invited uh, Karen Huger because Karen Huger just does just charities. That's what she does. Karen Huger is a charity case. Anyway. <laughs> she is not. She's Ladam. You will put some respect on her name, Patrizio. You're about to like make us lose all of our listeners with that. Reasonable or shady. That was beyond shady. That was unforgivable. Wow. Well, Moshi, before I say anything else, <laughs> uh, let's move on to Beverly Hills. This is episode 19. It is the episode before the finale we found out this week. Yes. Ooh, they're in San Diego. 
on Kathy Hilton's trip that she's organized. Um, I didn't realize that we're like still on the same day as like yeah. last episode as well. I was like, really? Oh, okay, cool. But like the conversation is still on Erica and everything that she's been telling the women, right? Do you have questions at this point about the veracity of her stories? The veracity. I I am heavily living through Sutton's eyes, Sutton's perspective right now. I think I think um, Sutton is the well the only person who is speaking the the truth or anything that makes sense. I am just at a point now where I'm just really frustrated with Kyle, Rina, Rina and Dorit. Um, I think they have shown us why they are disingenuine, untrustworthy, two-faced trash. Oh. Well, I mean, I have a different feeling after watching this episode and I'm actually a little bit done with Sutton. I I want to hear this. Go on. You said let's talk about Beverly Hills before you say something else. But no, now that you've dug this hole, I want to see you. Go on, jump in. I just, I think, so this was the problem for me in this episode, right? So Sutton and Erica, I mean, Sutton is open, I think, to repairing some sort of relationship with Erica, you know, obviously not going to be besties and offering her money anymore, but, like, at least to be on, like, good speaking terms. Erica, in all of her confessionals, is like, I hate that girl. I will never be friends with her. I am done here, right? But then, obviously, we have these moments where, like, Erica starts to, like, engage with Sutton again. She kind of, like, gives her a compliment, you know, says, like, how good was it when you, like, paid your first month's rent? And then it culminates in this like discussion between the two women about how like, you know, Erica apologizes and she just wants to like try and repair and get to a better place with Sutton. But then in the confessional turns around is like, I want nothing to do with this girl. My thing is that like Sutton, I don't know why in her confessionals, she's being so like, I'm going to call it shady. Maybe it's not the right word for it, right? But, like, it's sort of like... Because obviously the confessionals are recorded, like, weeks, if not months after these events are being filmed. And it's just sort of like, why are you back in that place where you feel like you have to be sitting there and, like, questioning and, like, you know, being a bit shady with your, like, comments around, you know, Erica and her situation and all the rest of it. It's sort of like, well, you can either, like, choose to move forward or you can do what, or you just, you don't. You just, you are in the same space as each other, but you just don't talk to each other, whatever, which is uncomfortable, I'm sure, for everyone that's there. But I would prefer that than this, like, fake bullshit of, like, giving each other, like, compliments in front of the group so that, like, people feel comfortable and it's not your trip and it's a girl's trip and, like, everyone just needs to have fun, blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's all bullshit to me. I just don't like Erica because she's being fake and phony to Sutton's face and then talking shit behind her back in the confessionals. And is I think Sutton's on the same page. I think she's trying to do this whole, like, cute, 
crying thing and then in the confessionals is sitting there like questioning everything that Eric is up to, which, you know, is legit. But I just feel like you're causing problems by being shady in the confessionals. So um, I understand 100% where you're coming from, but I also think that you don't understand how reality TV shows are filmed. (laughs) Reasonable or shady? That was shady. No, that's reasonable. But can I I I tell you why? Can I tell you why I said that? So in the confessionals, the women are prompted to answer questions that they're asked and they'll be asked heaps of different questions, right? And you're absolutely right. These things are filmed so long afterwards and then we will only see what they've edited that is going to work with the narrative, right? And so the other side of it is that I saw, like, so if I had been in that moment, I 100% would have thought everything that Erica was doing was genuine. Like, she she was, her apology seemed maybe not sincere, but it seemed to be honest. It seemed to be like I was lashing out at you because I was really upset. I've had some time to think about it and I overreacted and I shouldn't have been so nasty. And that's fine, you know, apologise for your behaviour. But there's obviously been things that have happened afterwards so I suspect you know Sutton's seen things that Erica has posted on social media and vice versa so Eric so because and I think we've seen a lot of people talk about this as well like the Kardashians often talk about this because they film like months ago they and then it's shown six months later and and they've been taken and you know you're re-watching a moment that was really personal to you and you get taken back to that spot. That's why when they are in the confessionals, they are so stuck back there because it is being rehashed because they're now having to be confronted to watch it all. And on top of that, the producers are asking them the questions to get those answers. And I, I'm i more disappointed in Sutton because I find that in her confessionals, she's obviously had time to sit on things. She's obviously had a time to think about stuff. She is more articulate in her confessionals and says, I think, what we're all thinking and what we're all feeling. And then I feel like she she cowered in the show. And I agree with you. Like, she, the, the version that we get of her in the confessionals is the version that I like where she's, like, strong and she sticks to her word. The version that we get of Sutton on the show is annoying. I do agree with you with that. We were all rooting for you, Sutton. I'm still rooting for Sutton, though, um, particularly because she's done anal. So now, you know, it's like <laughs> Suddy Buddy is a thing. Should we play Never Have I Ever? We did play Around a Reasonable Shady. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, no, I was just obviously trying to make you joke. It is Patrizio After Dark, after all. But um, no, I mean, I just want to say that the thing that I loved in this episode is also the thing that I hated. I think for the very first time we had a really clear delineation of Kyle, Rinna and Dorit instigating conversations about Erica behind Erica's back. Every time there has been a conversation with the group where Erica is not present around, I don't believe her story or this is happening. It's it's, Dorit or Kyle starting that conversation right and they're saying all of these things and then you know seeing Sutton then have like tears well in her eyes like I saw that and I understood that feeling 
because they had gaslighting her. And then having this big moment where they're just like talking about how fabulous Erica is after they've been trashing her. They were trashing her. And Rinna saying stuff like, it's all true. Like, what does Rinna know? I mean, this is but this is a Beverly Hills relationships, Beverly Hills friendships. Like, none well, of them are real. I will say it made it made me happy that we saw those two sides because we really did see those three hyenas go in on about Erica and question all of. They were questioning it just as much as as um, Sutton had was, and then be and then to her face giving her something completely different and. Every time Erica says something like, you find out who your friends are when you're old and broke or when you go broke, I'm like, the only friend that you actually have is Sutton. And I hope you can see that. Oh, well, I mean, Garcelle is definitely not her friend. I mean, how shady. You want to talk reasonable or shady? <laughs> the first never, never have I ever had. Have I stolen something? Well, she didn't drink, so it's fine. You know what, though, I think as well, like, everyone was taking such, like, taking that question, like, to a different place. Like, Garcelle, okay, I think she was being, like, shady. Oh, she was definitely being shady. She was producing the moment. But, like, you you don't have to believe that it's got anything to do with Erica's current legal situation. You know what I mean? No, you don't have to. If you're, it's one of those things, like, your mind is the one that's in the gutter. Literally, (laughs) right? Um, I mean, look, never have I ever, Kathy Hilton, the way that she doesn't even know what the game is called. <laughs> what was your favourite Kathy Hilton moment? Um, I think the way that she was just like, never have I ever had sex in a doctor's office. Like, the way that, like, because she is that girl. She's just that girl to be like, you know what, I'm going to find the most controversial thing that like, you could do <laughs> and that I know that I have done because I feel like these games are usually meant to be like, I want to know, like, what you've done, right? Oh, like, you, you ask and ever have I ever done anal because you want to know who which of you the have. women have done anal. Yes. You don't out yourself as the one to have done anal. But no. that's what Kathy Hilton, and I'm surprised that she hadn't put up her hand to anal either, to be quite honest. Uh, that was that was so funny. There was something else that she did that I feel like I haven't, I forgot to make a note of in the Never Have I Ever game. Oh, well, if it comes to me, it will come to me. Was it the fact that, like, the like for the Never Have I Ever been in, like, the Mile High Club and, like, Kyle oh, and yes. Kathy both were no, drinking it was, it was the fact. It was the fact that... <laughs> Um, Kathy Hilton was basically outed as a lady in the streets and a freak in the sheets. Like, what did she say? She said, I'm not a freak. I'm adventurous. And I was like, yeah, you are, Kathy Hilton. But I also feel like she said adventurous in that, like, Paris Hilton voice as well. It was like, I'm not a freak. I'm adventurous. adventurous. Well, we do know that much like Big Kathy molding little Kathy in her mold like Kathy Hilton has molded Paris and Nikki to be like her too so it makes perfect sense um I think my favorite moment was the moment she admitted that she'd done background checks on all the ladies I feel like somebody else did that in another housewives and it did not go down well but do you think she's actually done background checks on these women yes 
<laughs> Why does she need to do background checks on that? Because it's that thing of you when you because she is that rich and has that much social standing. I bet you like Crystal has done the same thing. I bet you a bunch of them have done that. They just didn't admit it. The difference is Kathy Hilton can admit it and they all just have to say fair play. You know what I mean? Like they can't be like, okay, no. Do you reckon she did a background check on Doogie just because like she doesn't know enough about Kyle that she just needed to read up? I think she has um a direct line to ev- like I think she has a, a camera in Kyle's house. I think she constantly knows what Kyle is up to. Um I mean look the the fact as well that in this episode that she like had a migraine because she had to like lie on the cement as she fell asleep. Well she implied that the women gave her a migraine because she said that she hasn't had a migraine since she was a child. And suddenly on a holiday with these women that she's arranged, she's having her first migraine. Oh, no, I understood it to be different that when she was a child, she had an accident. and that Yeah, she got caused... hit with the Barbie. Yeah, and that, <laughs> that has caused her to have migraines throughout her life. Oh, I and... understood it as like she hadn't had one since she got hit in the head with the Barbie and since being around these women. <laughs> no, I think... I, I think she was saying that because she fell asleep on the, like, the hard ground. Like, Kathy Hilton has never had to lie on cement before. Like, it was a very traumatic She has. She's done the sound bath at Kim Kardashian's. Uh, because you think Kim Kardashian was making them all lie on, like, the cement. We saw the pictures. Yes. No way. They had cushions and shit. No. Kathy just, she did her neck in while she was on the ground Fair sleeping. Um, and... I mean, how else do you get rid of a migraine than to go and have a massage? Oh, that was brilliant. But it's, the, it's. do you know what it is? It's her exits. Is she, Again, she just, like, leaves when she's had enough. She does her makeup when she's had enough. She, like, zones out whenever she wants to. And it's always in the middle of, like, some drama. And I love it. It's, I mean, she doesn't have to follow anyone's rules or anything. Nah. She can do what the fuck she wants. Whatever the fuck she wants. she wants. She's Kathy fucking Hilton. I love that for her. Um, was there anything else, Moshi, that really caught your eye during this episode? So I love that th- we, Sutton has have, had different accessories in each episode. So even though it's the same day, she the boot is gone and now she's graduated to the scooter, which was its own cast member in this episode. I was like, put your knee further up the scooter. I yes. was like, it was too far to the end the entire time. She's not used to it, but I loved like watching her as well get like pulled up on the boat. Boat. Oh my god, what a disaster! And and I didn't understand how like going up like backwards. backwards was I didn't get it either, but it was all brilliant. I also loved Garcelle like folding her over like origami to get her to sit in the spot. Like you know, like. Sutton's legs are so spingly. In my mind, you can just, like, swing them around in the sockets. She was a dancer. I, I mean, I also love that Garcelle was, like, she was sudden for not getting to the door quick enough and then forgetting <laughs> that like, she's, like, injured. <laughs> she remembered. She's like, oops, I forgot. Um, another Sutton thing that I loved is in the confessional, I felt like we were a bit closer up in her red look and her earrings are spiders. And they're fucking sick. I love them. They're I very expensive. 
I'm very distracted by her hair. Her hair. It's, it's so bad. But when I got up and saw that earring, I was like, okay, I'll let the hair pass. I think she's also had some work done because she looks a bit younger in the confessionals. Oh, I, I was just about to say <laughs> the flashbacks to Sudden in season one. Were there any or am I watching this on YouTube? No, I, no, no, there were. Because like we saw her fringe from when she first met. Erica, all she's of those a different woman. Yeah, she's had a little nip, a little talk, talk, talk. She, she's had a face transplant. No, it's <laughs> not extreme. She's definitely had, you know, a little, some, a little tug here, a little tug there. She looks, she's fresh in the face. She's but fresh she's also, in the face. She's also had that like hairstyle change as well, which I True. think is a bit more perhaps like it's out of her face and yeah it also could be glam but definitely there's been some smoothing no like that this is classic housewives they see themselves on their first season on the tv and they go oh my god is that what i look like no but her face looks different even from the season two and the confessionals or maybe she's continued the journey yep 100 percent um what did you think of the fact that, like, Erica heard them, like, bitching about her on, like, the balcony? I well, was not even bitching about it. It was, I, the irony was that they were actually giving compliments. I know. But I was just, like, Sutton and Garcelle are just, like, I don't know. What is it? Like, it's not, what's the Thelma and Louise? It's oh, very fat. That also when they're watching Rina and Crystal doing their workout and they're just there with their phones out recording these recording the two of them I'm obsessed with Sutton and Garcelle I will also say that I did like that Sutton and Crystal hugged it out that felt genuine because they are often on the same side they do agree with most things Sutton was just a lot of fun in San Diego yeah she was um, I loved her pineapple, her Gucci pineapple sunglasses. I hated them. I love them. They're just, they're a joke. Like they were great, but they're an expensive joke. So I love them. Um, and finally, this is where, you know, the girls were, their impressions of Erica Jane, I thought were also spot on. Kyle's impression was quite good. I think the word, Sutton just like comes out and like, that's like, she used the C-U-N-T word, right? I believe so. I mean, Garcelle just being like, that's not what she would say, but sure, Sutton. I feel like that's very us. No, and then um, no, Garcelle said she wouldn't say that. And then Kyle's, Kyle Dorit said, oh, actually, I think she would. And that's why it was brilliant. Oh, my God. Um, I can't believe next week's the last week. I can. Um, <laughs> okay. We've been for too long. Well, and now you're going to get... Four reunion episodes, Moshi. Four. All thanks to Erica Jane, because, you know, she's the star of the show. Oh, vomit. Um, We've got It's Chinese New Year. The Lunar New Year, as I prefer to refer to it. Inclusive. Well, it's Crystal specifically celebrating Chinese New Year. And I will give a plus, kind of also a minus, but it's interesting to see the some of the women go all out with their Asian inspired hairstyles. They managed to to not appropriate, but to be in the theme, I believe, without really offending people. So that's impressive. You know Rina's, what? Rina's wig though is offensive <laughs> next week. <laughs> 
Um, I just, just to close us out, things that offended me in this episode. <laughs> oh, here we go. Do we need a section that's just like things that offended me? Yes, we do. Um, I just want to just to close us out, and it's to the point of Lisa Rinna being quite offensive. Um, obviously, uh, Kathy Hilton got in a chef on the boat to cook some amazing food. There was seafood involved. I didn't hear Lisa Rinna give us a speech about fish mm-hmm. and how she doesn't eat it, but I just think it's interesting when she goes to the black lady's house that she has an issue with the fish. And now the rich white lady on the big yacht organizes the fish and it's the best food she's ever ate. And that is where we're going to leave it for this week, Moshi. Until next week. In the meantime, please rate, review, subscribe, give us five sushis um, and we will hopefully see you on the blog, on the Instagram, the blog. <laughs> what is it? Ninety ninety nine. From the lower level pod on Instagram. That's us on Instagram. All right. As always, Patrizio, brilliant time with you, my love. I will see you next week. Bye.